Welcome, Maddie Delaney Meinrich, to the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. Happy Nutrition Month. Thank you. Thank you, all plant-based listeners. This is one of my favorite months. So happy National Nutrition Month, everyone. It is great to have you. We just celebrated St. Patrick's Day with some Irish stew from the cookbook. And this Thursday, we're going to do our second Zoom conference, March 25th, 5 to 8 o'clock, 8.30, whenever we get finished. Uh, on fermentation. Yes. Yeah. We enjoyed the January Zoom conference, Healthy Ticket into 2021 that we did so much. We got a lot of great feedback. So we decided we cannot wait. We wanted to do another one. Um, So we will be hosting a Zoom conference next Thursday, March 25th, 530 to 8 Eastern time. Uh, And uh, you can still get tickets. And if you can't make it during that time frame, we wanted to make it, you know, accessible to everyone. It will be completely recorded. So if you can't make it, it will be up for the recorded option for an entire week after the 25th. You'll also have email access to us with any questions you have after watching the recording. And you'll be able to um, email us questions as well if you were able to join us live. But in addition to uh, the cooking demos and nutrition education throughout, we will be concluding just like last time with a live Q&A. So I think it's going to be a really great evening. Uh, if you missed us in January, the way we do things is uh, we're, we're filming from two locations, but it worked well, you know, knock on wood for, for next Thursday, but it worked really well. Uh, you know, the doc is cooking from Jamie Delaney headquarters in Port Charlotte, Florida, and I am in Houston, Texas. So we go back and forth. We do some cooking with you all, lots of nutrition and wellness education throughout. Uh, And then, like I said, that live Q&A, you'll have access to all recipes. So it is a lot, a lot of fun. You can join us in your jammies, if you will. And we're going to call it Get Your Gut Right Night for next Thursday on the 25th. So it'll be a lot of fun. And I hope you take away some good tidbits. But you, you are the star of the show. I am sure of it because of your recipe that you'll be doing. The doc is going to do a full-blown sourdough demo. Yes. From making your starter in that jar to what it looks like, to making the dough, to let it, seeing how it raises, doing a, a proof and then baking the bread. So we're going to come out with a loaf of bread. Too bad we couldn't mail you a loaf. Uh, because you could use it on your dish, which would be the uh, tempeh Reuben sandwich. Yes. Yeah, I'll be talking um, all things fermented foods. Uh, our tempeh Reuben has obviously the tempeh, which is fermented. Um, we'll be having some sauerkraut involved, how to do that, as well as uh, a little bit on vegan yogurt, plant-based yogurt that you can make at your house. So uh, we'll be demoing that, going over, you know, fermented foods, as I said, all the recipes, but also why we want to have fermented foods and my other, you know, favorite F word fiber, why we we need all these things in our diet for optimal um, gut health when it comes, yes, to digestion, but also your immune system and and function. So it'll be really uh, pertinent to the times, I think, but beneficial for everybody, no matter if you've had um, digestive health issues or not, we can all amp it up when it comes to our gut. So uh, get your gut right with us next Thursday, March 25th. We want to demonstrate how things taste good. You know, I heard somebody say, well, I've really never liked some of this vegan food, but we're going to show you that this stuff really tastes good. And we're going to bring bread back into the equation. I've talked about it before on the podcast, but 
doing a fermentation with over 70 different microbes uh, in, that can be in sourdough bread. It's actually much better digested. So we'll be talking about all of that. And uh, very, very, very excited about uh, playing uh, volleyball with you through the old Zoom internet and <laughs> yes. back, back and forth. So we just finished our potluck here in the office. And I wanted to report to our registered dietitian that the group, our level three group, outdid themselves again today. We had a fava bean fennel soup. We had zucchini bread, falafel stuffed mushrooms, a multi-grain with marinara sauce, a fruit bowl, Irish stew, crepes with fruit, sourdough crepes, a sweet potato hummus, a lentil sweet potato dish, a rye sour bread, um, a spicy bean dish. So, I mean, zucchini bread, if I didn't say that. So yeah, it was a great. My goodness. Yeah. That sounds amazing. We're going to have to figure out a way to ship it on my way. Yeah, we do. Um, so with our nutrition classes here in the office, we do a potluck at the end of every six weeks and people get to show off what they've done and some of their favorite dishes. And some people do recipes from the cookbook. Some people find recipes from Pinterest and uh, different places online. And we make them salt, oil, sugar-free um, varieties of these recipes. So people make them their own. And I think it's really important to learn to make a recipe uh, that suits your needs. And so this group has been doing very, very good. I think even our next potluck, we're going to start to pick a theme because oh, these nice. guys are so cre creative. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think it's great, too, uh, because like you said, there is such a variety of things that are brought in, and then everybody also brings the recipe, and everyone takes a picture of the recipe, so you get to taste and then go home and try it, uh, you know, so I think it, it's a really nice way to show what you've learned, but also create a sense of community that we're so big on within the practice, so that that Friday class, though, we've, we've got some star students and the things that get brought into that class a lot of creative folks in there yes and if you enjoyed last week's episode with hutch i have a spoiler alert for next week's episode we're gonna have another member that completed a relay a triathlon relay across the state of florida <laughs> um so that'll be very exciting but i'm you know proud to say that our membership um has several triathletes and endurance athletes and people are just trying all kinds of things we have yoga in the office and um i had some really great pictures this week of the diva yes you know if you are aware of our trio from the cookbook dietitian doc and diva um the diva is my grandmother and my nanny, and she is part of our yoga crew that we do in-house yoga at the office. And let me say, for 88 years old, which I like to say going on 21, she was strong and fierce in there as well as the other ladies we have. And you know, we have a lot of people who just don't give a hoot about what age they are. They're going to try new things. They're going to push their body because they feel great and they're having fun with their health and they're enjoying life. It's just great to see. It's great to see people trying new things, enjoying, you know, the benefits of all their hard work for their health and wellness. So, no, it's phenomenal to see. And I think it's it's been a great 2021, as Hutch likes to say, so far. And I'm anxious to see all the good things to come. Yeah. Then in April, you're going to be here uh, mm -hmm. bringing Caleb down to pick some 
mulberries and papayas and I've got some mango trees blooming in the backyard. The backyard Delaney Garden's going well with peppers and tomatoes and basil and uh, Tower Garden is full of kale and collards. So uh, I think you'll like what you see when you come down here for a visit. Absolutely. And he'll be bringing three, potentially four little chompers along with him. So we've been having a lot of fun adding in uh, more and more plant-based foods for him, uh, doing, you know, whole foods more and more. And, you know, he'll be able to chew as he picks in the garden with mom, mom. (laughs) There you go. And your exercise has been going good. Weightlifting as always. You do our wellness program here with our... um, March Madness Challenge. That's that's going well. And you were taking the Bob on the road to Tennessee here recently. Yes. Yeah, we are not sponsored by Bob, Bob Strollers. Uh, but I will say if you're an endurance uh, mom or dad out there, or heck, even grandparents, uh, I got to say the Bob is one of our favorite baby items. And we have taken it all over the flatlands of Houston and Florida and numerous airports. But uh, we took it to the new test across farmland in Tennessee at my in-laws this past weekend. So uh, it was a lot of fun to get out there with him and uh, we'll be anxious to get to Florida, but no, the, the wellness challenges is so fun. So we combined a little bit of St. Patty's day uh, humor as well as, you know, March madness with our, our, I would say our favorite sport basketball uh, into our challenge this month, really focusing on, uh, strength training, very basic movements, but helping our members each month challenge themselves. So that's been our daily challenge throughout this month that we are in quarter three. We're finishing up today, quarter three. Um, and so it's been a lot of fun. We do one every month of different varieties, these wellness challenges, and uh, hopefully push people to uh, a new level for, for where they're at and give them some new ideas on fitness and how it can be fun. Yes, uh, today, three by eight curl to press and three times six side raise for today. So. Yeah, we're doing a little lower upper alternation with some core and cardio in the middle of the week to break it up for this month. So uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I've been using it myself, you know, as usual. I participate and uh, modifications for all, no matter where you're at. So we got people doing chair squats. We got people doing barbell squats. So, I mean, we, we got a lot going on. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. And we have added a lot of new members from around the country. So, um, you know, welcome members, I think, this week, uh, Michigan and Massachusetts, I believe we have new members. So, it's, uh, you know, yes. anybody can join us and um, take part in our nutrition classes via Zoom, um, the wellness challenge, have, you know, access to a registered dietitian um, that's actually been trained by a university as opposed to a weekend uh, course. So, you know, a registered dietitian nutritionist and uh, myself and uh, a lot of different participants. So, you know, one thing COVID showed us is how to participate anywhere you are. So um, we're really enjoying having members from all over and kind of kind of nice to have weather check-ins, you know, uh, hats off to our people up uh, in upstate New York that's been, go- they've been going out for their long runs, training for a half marathon, despite uh, some of the- Yes, she's so, a rock star. She yes. is, so, and um, yep, so we got it going on. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, again, to see people enjoying the fruits of their labor, if you will, with their efforts to be healthier and better versions of themselves. So it's been great. All right. Well, I will let you go. uh, And I look forward to seeing you on Thursday. Absolutely. We hope to see a lot of you next Thursday, March 25th for Get Your Gut Right Night.
So uh, tune in, get your tickets now available on the website. Uh, but like I said, we had a lot of fun last time and we hope to have more fermentation fun with you next week. Ta-ta. So I can't wait for Thursday to try this Zoom conference out again and make a little bread and go back and forth with a registered dietitian. It's going to be great fun. But for now, I want to head back to the heart a little bit. When do you need to start worrying about your heart? You know, I often talk that my grandmother died at 57 and my grandfather died at 48 of heart disease. And certainly back then, uh, there wasn't any screening of sorts. My grandfather died suddenly of a massive heart attack. My grandmother had complications related to diabetes. But most of us don't think it can happen to us. And like we talked about last week, from that Bible verse, you know, above all, all else, guide your heart for everything else flows from it. And they're actually recommending screening now at age 35 for risk factors for heart disease versus 40 because so many people already have those risk factors. In a few episodes, I've talked about um, women that are pregnant having multiple risk factors, but it, it's, it's everywhere in that, in that young population down into the teenage years. Uh, teenagers are having hypertension and high cholesterol. And one of the biggest reasons for stroke and heart attack is hypertension. And again, people get put on medications earlier and earlier. I see people that have been on blood pressure medicine for years and assume that if their blood pressure is okay, then, they're, then you know everything's fine because they're on the medications. And yes, blood pressure medications do help, and we need to get the blood pressure down. But the real issue is why is your blood pressure up to start with? And we've talked before, um, you know, there is a vascular component that the endothelial cell doesn't secrete nitric oxide as well as it did because of plaque building up in the arteries. And there's also a kidney component um, where the kidneys aren't getting the blood flow that they should, or there's inherent disease in the vascular of the kidneys, could be autoimmune disease, and they turn on hormones to retain salt and water, which causes the blood pressure to go up. And of course, you know, one of the biggest causes is people eating a very high salt diet. Uh, I've talked about, you know, fast food restaurants, typical entrees can have, uh, even side dishes can have four or 500 milligrams of sodium. Some entrees can have over, over the daily limit of 1500 milligrams in, in one entree, one burger, one chicken sandwich. So it's very easy mm -hmm. to get a salt intake of five to seven grams if, if you're eating out quite a bit mainly because salt is a preservative, salt th makes things tasty, salt covers up mistakes in fast foods, and salt makes you want more. But there's another reason that I want to talk today about high blood pressure, and that is sympathetic tone. And often when people come into the office and they've been plant-based, but their blood pressure is still elevated, it comes down to their autonomic nervous system, where, you know, how... How driven are they? How much adrenaline is in their system? How high on that spectrum of sympathetic versus parasympathetic tone are they? And more and more of us are just fired up on, you know, a baseline level. Uh, we're, you know, very close to being agitated. Uh, the match is lit, just waiting to burn and burst into flames. Stress at work, stress at the office, stress with COVID, stress with politics. More and more people just live in this stressed, fired up environment 
that they never actually settle down. It's go, 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 do something, do something, listen to something, hear something, be stimulated all the time, the earbuds are always in, the news is always blaring, the to-do list is longer and longer, everything is up for debate. How do we settle down? How do we achieve that parasympathetic tone? And the first place to start is with your breath. Are you actually breathing from your diaphragm? Because if you breathe from your diaphragm, you're stimulating your vagal nerve, which is the key or the connection to your parasympathetic nervous system, the autonomic nervous system that slows things down, that decreases inflammation, decreases your heart rate, decreases your blood pressure. So by breathing through your diaphragm, you're actually activating the parasympathetic tone. And, you know, when we say autonomic nervous system, we think automatic, autonomic, it's in the brainstem. We really don't have much control of it, but there is some connection. And the more that we pay attention to it, the more we can actually connect. We can control our autonomic reaction to our environment, whether it be cold or hot or stressful or calm or peaceful. If if we have some communication established. And again, the first place to start that is with breathing. How do you breathe when you're at rest? Are you sighing, you know, and blowing off this big chunk of carbon dioxide every once in a while? Are you breathing very shallowly and very quickly? Or are you taking long, slow breaths? So start by breathing through your nose all the time, especially when you're at rest or doing light exercise. Make sure your mouth is closed if you're not eating or drinking or speaking. Count your number of respirations for a minute. Try to get them down somewhere 8 to 10 as opposed to 16, 18, 20. But get them down not by a big breath and hold it, but a nice slow inhale and a nice slow exhale. Once you're tolerant of holding on to a little carbon dioxide, you start delivering a little bit more oxygen to your tissues and then you start decreasing your sympathetic tone. What exercise gets you to your peaceful place? Running is mine. Um, I can go when I'm running, I'm just running. Uh, my mind will wander a little bit, but I don't dwell. And if I am starting to dwell on something, for the most part, I can drift back to just hearing my footsteps, hearing the birds, hearing the air, you know, moving the trees around me. Um, so it becomes my spot for relaxation and calm. Some people running is a stressor. They do it for exercise, but it's not their calm. So what, you know, what provides you calm? You need to add that into your movement routine daily. If you don't have one, try multiple ones. Um, talk to somebody this week that used a hula hoop. So after um, doing a hula hoop, her blood pressure actually went down as opposed to when it run when she runs her blood pressure would tend to go up so find what you'd like to do whether it's meditate uh, and bring your blood pressure down and check it or if you like a certain exercise which you find very relaxing then check that 15 or 20 minutes after you do that exercise and realize that that's kind of your go-to to get yourself calmed down, get the sympathetic tone to sort of settle down and move yourself on that line towards more of a parasympathetic nervous system. Hutch and I were talking a little bit about rewards. He thought I should try to entice more people into running and doing marathoning and moving by offering some reward along the way. And I guess you can hear Sophie in the background. She wants me to go play ball with her. 
And when I'm training her as a puppy, I use little rewards, positive rewards along, along the way. And as kids, um, you know, parents often say, if you're nice, we'll get ice cream, or if you're nice, we'll get candy, or if you're good, we can have this. And that's the way we're all brought up, is that we need some sort of reward for our good behavior. And I think some people function better with delayed gratification than others. I think it probably depends on how you were brought up and what kind of struggles that you had. Sometimes people took what they could get then because they weren't sure they would get something in the future. They needed it now. Other people were taught more um, keep working and you'll get your gratification later. Um, you know, my first thing that comes into mind is you know, I spent a lot of years in a chair studying when my friends were out, um, you know, playing and in sororities and doing, doing other things, um, but I was trying to get into medical school, and I didn't think I was particularly gifted in any way, so I knew I had to demonstrate a bigger work ethic, and I had to work harder, so I spent a lot of time in a chair, and I would do anything to get that goal to get into medical school. I recently got an email from the Department of Chemistry at West Virginia University, and they wanted to know about my experience in, um, in the chemistry department. And quite frankly, it, was, it wasn't very good. I was a chemistry major because the dean of biology didn't like pre-med students, and that was really my only reason for I didn't have a love of chemistry. The chemistry was just a way to get into medical school, and I would jump through any hoops in order to get good grades in chemistry and biology and physics in order to be able to get into medical school. So it was all about delayed gratification. I didn't need any rewards along the way other than the check the box with the A so that I could actually get into medical school. So to me, the reward was getting into medical school, but the task at hand at the moment was doing well in whatever subject I was taking in order to get the A that could get me to the ultimate reward at the end. Too often in a weight loss journey, people take cheat days as their rewards for doing well for a few days in a row or losing a certain amount of weight, but that reward actually negates their purpose. It doesn't do anything to propel them to the purpose. It negates it along the way. So people have a sweet treat or overindulge after a long run, and they set themselves back because it wasn't, it's not in line with the, the goal that they're actually trying to achieve. The reality of it is food, most of the time, is a reward that we think of as a positive reward, but it really is a negative reward when you're looking to what you're actually trying to achieve in the long run. It sets you back because it turns back on those sweet receptors, you know, the candy bar is much sweeter than a piece of fruit, the um, salty potato chips are much more salty than the salt of celery or a vegetable, and so it, it, uh, it gets us away from what the ultimate goal was to eat healthy and to ultimately lose weight. How we label something directs whether it's a reward or not. A potato tastes good, but a potato chip tastes like a reward. The next thing you know, it becomes all about the short-term rewards and not about the long-term goal. 
I have been told that people eat oatmeal and skip lunch and eat beans and rice and spinach for dinner, yet their hemoglobin A1C is in the 250 range. Yet when they go all the way just to do a challenge of just potatoes, their glucose goes down to 100. So what do you think might be the issue here? Obviously, it's not there's something missing in what they're, they're reporting as what they're eating. So they're rewarding themselves for something along the way uh, or whether it's just to make them feel better. But the reality of it is uh, it's, it's counter to what they're trying to do. So I guess I would have people say, what is your ultimate reward? To reverse heart disease, to reverse diabetes, to run a marathon? What achievement do you want to get? And then you have steps along the way. But if your reward doesn't take you closer to the ultimate step, then it's not the appropriate reward. So instead of having a celebration cookie after a long run, perhaps put some money in a jar so that you can buy a Garmin that might help you ultimately do your mileage or your steps or your heart rate or to buy a heart rate monitor or to buy something that actually helps you fulfill the goal. If it's diabetes, then perhaps you're trying to change your body composition. So it may be putting money towards your new wardrobe as you change your body composition. But I think your rewards have to come from within. You shouldn't depend on other people to reward you for good behavior. So you set your own set of rules up, what you need to accomplish, and you work your, your problem, your path, your solution to your ultimate goal and your ultimate reward. I think society has forced people into setting the bar way too low. As Addie pointed out, we have yoga on Wednesday and my mom, 88 years old, to be in May, um, whether she's doing yoga or whether she's doing Zumba or she's golfing, she always sets the bar very, very high to be able to do what the teacher asks, and she's disappointed if she can't do quite what the teacher asks. And I got to tell you, the photo, she looked great as far as her yoga poses. I mean, everything is straight lined up. I mean, she takes great pride in following directions. Same way with golf. Um, you know, she's aiming to contribute when she plays into in a scramble. She's aiming to have the best score every time she goes out. Zumba, she's disappointed if she has to sit out a dance because she gets a little short of breath. For the most part, she's, she, it, it can, she's consi it's considered a win for her if she completes the whole um, dance class without having to sit out. Then she considers herself have having, having a good practice. Sometimes she'll say, well, I couldn't jump quite as high as the teacher suggested. I mean, come on now. She's you know, 87 years old when she was taking yoga. I'm sorry, taking Zumba classes. And so the teacher didn't expect her to jump, but my mom set the bar high. The diva sets the bar high. So the question is, how high do you set the bar? I think a lot of people, you know, um, if I can do a thousand steps today or, you know, the bare minimum amount of steps to just the American Heart Association. So I'll walk 30 minutes, two to three times a day. Maybe I'll go out twice a day to do it. Nobody sets that bar of, okay, I did it this week, what I'm going to do. Next week, what am I going to do? What my ultimate goal is to go out and walk. My weight loss goal should be this. They just kind of get on the scale and see whether or not things went their own way. It's not, they don't hold themselves accountable. They don't set the bar high. And again, are, they're, 
kind of always ready to fall back and, and let's just get that reward. So I, I think that, you know, um, it shouldn't be about the cheat days. It's be, it's, it should be about where's the bar and how high can you set it and what are you doing to get to the point where you can get over that bar and go on to another goal. Part of the COVID issue, it's become blaming other people for your potential risk. Oh, they may go out and they may go to bars or they may go out and they don't social distance themselves and so they're putting me at risk. Don't worry about them. Worry about yourself. Get your own immunity under control. And then you can, you know, that's, that's what you need to handle. So if you're afraid of certain people, then, then you can't be around those people. But for the most part, get yourself in good shape and you're going to be fine with the risk of SARS-CoV-2. If you have disease, getting the vaccine is not going to change your risk for dying from something besides COVID-19. If you have diabetes and you're morbidly obese or you're significantly overweight, you have an increased risk of COVID, you have an increased risk of cancer, you have an increased risk of autoimmune disease. No matter what medications or vaccines are out there, you still carry those risks and only you can change your ultimate risk by changing your baseline health. I think people would feel a lot better if they just realized they are in control of their own risk-reward system. So the risk that you take is based on the risk of your ultimate health, not the risk of other people and the people around you and where you go, but your ultimate risk. So take personal responsibility for your health today, and you don't have to worry about what's out there so much. There's always an underlying cause, whether it's high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, autoimmune diseases, there's an underlying cause. Knee pain, back pain, ankle pain, you just don't have flat feet and therefore you can't run or you don't have bad knees because you can't run. What is the cause of that and how can you address it? And most of the ailments that people disable themselves from are ultimately reversible if they would just address them instead of trying to patch them up or cover them up. An example would be that taking statins to lower your cholesterol does nothing for the cholesterol you take in that's oxidized that often damages your endothelial cells. So if you're eating animal products that have cholesterol, that cholesterol and that saturated fat that you take in is ultimately oxidized and does damage to your blood vessel wall. In addition, if you're taking statins, it upregulates the ACE receptors, just like ACE inhibitors ultimately upregulate up, um, these ACE receptors. So it makes you more at risk for COVID binding to your lungs, perhaps. Nobody knows for sure, but the receptors are upregulated. So your body has a way of getting around things. If you're eating a bunch of oil and you have indigestion and you take Prolosic, Ultimately, you upregulate the binders so that when you try to get off of the medication, you get indigestion. The H2 blockers like Prolosic ultimately cause osteoporosis, decrease nitric oxide production, increase heart attacks. So there's side effects to all of these things. Get rid of oil, guess what? Your cholesterol goes down, your indigestion goes away, you can get off of the medications. If you don't know the story of Dick Hoyt, you should... Google it and read it. It's a heartwarming story. Dick Hoyt had a son that had cerebral palsy, and he treated he and his wife treated him 
like they treated their other children. And his son wanted to run a, a 5K to help raise money for poor kids or kids that needed, I think their kids that had health problems. And so Dick ultimately found a way to push him in a regular wheelchair. And it, and it um, progressed over the years that he ran 32 Boston marathons, pushing his son in a wheelchair. Uh, he did triathlons, pulling him in a boat. He had a heart attack along the way and came back from it and continued to push his son in races. Recently, Dick passed away at age 80. He had been in poor health for the last couple of years, and someone else had been pushing his son uh, in the as a representative of the foundation. Wouldn't it have been nice if Dick Hoyt would have been plant-based? Wouldn't it have been nice if someone would have said in Boston, hey, you can't outrun your heart disease, we've got to change your nutrition. Because I believe that he still would have been pushing his son, perhaps, or at least been with his son um, at the finish line. So for whatever it's worth, dial in all those risk factors and make the reward for yourself reversing the risk factors that ultimately lead to the chronic disease that you're trying to avoid. You can only do your best, but it's... To me, a better thing at the end of the day to say, you know what, I gave it my best shot. And, you know, genetics plays somewhat of a role, perhaps, or, you know, whatever plays somewhat of a role, perhaps. But I gave it my best shot. And I didn't rely on somebody else to find an easy solution. I wasn't looking for a hack. I worked the plan, and I, I changed the plan as I needed to, and I kept pushing forward, and I can be proud of the outcome. You know, last week I was riding high with Hutch and his great accomplishment of, of the marathon, and I'm still very, very proud of him. But, you know, this week, back to work and back to reality, I had a, a big dose of what this medical profession that I'm involved in is lacking. There was nothing more than I wanted to do than become a medical doctor. But over the years, I still want to be a medical doctor. But part of that is keeping the patient and caring for the patient as the number one goal, not the electronic medical record or not just complying with the rules and regulation. And I ran into a situation this week where nothing was done illegal, but nothing was done to help the patient. So no one took time to help someone with the real cause of their problem, which led to a relapse and ultimately their addiction. Was it the doctor's fault that led to a relapse? Partly because they wrote the prescription. They wrote the prescription in a legal way with legal documentation. It was filled by a pharmacist in a legal way with legal documentation, but it didn't help the patient. It didn't help get rid of the pain that the patient was experienced, that nobody looked at the reason. The neglect had ultimately led to multiple things being done and the patient undergoing other procedures that caused more pain because, again, quick prescription writing in a legal type way led to the ultimate problem for this patient. And so I think in closing, I think everybody needs to ask why. Why do I have high blood pressure? What is it that you think is causing my high blood pressure? Is it my increased sympathetic tone? 
Is it the increased salt I'm taking in? Do I have vascular disease? How would I know if I had vascular disease? What can I do to reverse my vascular disease? I have diabetes. Is there any way around that? Can we reverse that? How best I can, can, might I control that disease? What gives me the best opportunity to have the best quality of life with my cancer? Is it doing something that makes the pictures look better, or is it ultimately doing something that makes me better? Simple things as wearing orthotics. Do orthotics make my feet better, or do they make it worse? Do they just make money for the orthotics manufacturer, the podiatrist, and maybe the running store? What do they ultimately do? They cast my foot, they take away temporary pain, but do they make me better? So ask why this week. Ask why, and if somebody can't give you an answer or at least have the discussion with you on why or try to help you or point you in a direction of why something is, then you need to look elsewhere. And don't take just the simple solution as the ultimate answer. We'll just take the med and go on. We'll just take the procedure and go on. We'll just buy this to cover it up and go on. So I hope you have a nice St. Patrick's Day. Um, again, like Addie and I talked, I'm training for the 50K in April out at Mount Zion. Got Hutch running again, so we're looking at fall marathons for him. I've signed up, and Michael has signed up for the Treasure Coast Marathon next year in March. So we already have a March 2022 race on, on the schedule. So I hope you will... Um, be signing up for something with us. Again, if you'd like to find out more about our practice, go over to drdelaney.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-D-U-L-A-N-E-Y, and, and look to see what we have to offer. I would love to have you on the Zoom on our nutrition um, this, this um, Thursday, March 25th. You can go over there to get your tickets, and we can do a Q&A, and I get to meet you more. Um, again, welcome to all the new members from around the country. Um, that have been tuning in, and I've enjoyed meeting you and seeing people run and do things. If you're interested in running, go over to the Plant-Based Striders and, and join that group as well. So thanks for listening. Uh, share this podcast with your friends, um, and if you even like it, go over and get us a five-star rating on iTunes so we can get up there in the ratings. And I will talk to you again next week. Thank you again for listening. our intro music. I told you you can't be the editor. Now what are we going to do? Oh well. Let's go watch some Mountaineer basketball. Go Mountaineers. <laughs>